This is the Financial Coconut Podcast, Singapore's first personal finance podcast network. I'm your host, Reggie, aka Your Chief Financial Coconut, and every Tuesday, you'll be joining me on my personal segment, First Dips, where I bring you through some of the latest, most interesting ideas in the personal finance space, hoping you inch closer to the life you love while managing your finances well. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey Coconut, so yes, why is that today's episode? Because as I was putting together a few of the previous episodes, um, a lot of these little interesting facts came about, about CPF. So, so I know, uh, uh, past few episodes, there are a little bit of problems here and there. And thank you all for pointing them out. So I've, I've added some corrections and some updated information on our Telegram group. So you should come to our Telegram group, this community effort. But more importantly, today's episode is really the little bit of information that I've accumulated over time that I realized not a lot of people know this about CPF. And to be fair, there are not huge important ideas on the overall of CPF. So even CPF don't talk about it themselves. It's all in the fine print. So today we're going to talk about the three little known facts about CPF. At least the more important ones are the little known facts. So welcome back. So good morning everyone and welcome you to another day with the Financial Coconut. In our podcast, the Brubanking Financial Myths, discovering best financial practices and discussing financial strategies that fits our unique life. You get it, ultimately empowering us to create a life we love while managing our finances well. I'm your host Reggie aka Yorichi Financial Coconut and welcome to my segment First Dips where I seek to give you some of the most interesting insights in the personal finance space. So today... Today, we're going to essentially talk about the three little-known facts. Actually, there are many little-known facts, lah, you know, and it's all in the fine print. And I can understand because this thing has become quite a mammoth, right? Over time, you know, <laughs> a behemoth, right? Mammoth is extinct, lah. This one is extinct, right? So it has become quite a behemoth. And um, I understand that it's very hard to keep up with every little thing, even... If you are the marketing department of CPF, right? You'll be like, there's so many things. You cannot tell everything at one go. So many of these things that we're going to talk about today are essentially in the fine print of uh, the policy. That's not mean they're trying to cheat you, okay? It's just that there's so many things to say. Some of these things, right? They, they just cannot be headlined. Cannot everything be a headline, right? So I think that's the idea for today's episode. But some of these little things that I'm going to share with you, um, to be fair, they don't change the broad idea of the past few episodes. Neither do they change the broad idea of CPF in itself, right? So they are not existential crises to CPF. And after you know these facts, right, you shouldn't also like massively change your structure or the way you interact with CPF. Because like I've established, I think, especially as the PAP government of the day, has shifted more and more to the left with expanded social policies and uh, what some people will say welfare policies, whatever you call them. Huh? Essentially, CPF has been expanded. It's no longer just between you and your employer. The state has intervened with CPF life, cashew life, you know, some of these 
um, annuity programs and some of these expanded social welfare programs are intended to, of course, support the you and I, right? The normal Singaporeans. And to be clear, it has been a, quite a big shift. And uh, I, I think I think it's good. I support the shift and I want more shift. Right? And I hope more of you want more shift. So in other words, more and more of our retirement planning or, you know, like our future financial planning or even just our broad financial strategy cannot escape CPF, right? And I don't think it is a bad thing given where it is today. Um, yeah, it's something that we should definitely explore, right? Um, personal experience is if you are politically not so inclined, right? Uh, or you are more, you know, uh, angry about uh, some of these things, right? Which I, which I get it. I get it. Huh? I'm not saying it's right or wrong to be politically inclined or not or aligned or not. There is a tendency if you are not politically aligned with the current administration, you will hate everything that they do, including CPF, right? So, um, but when I look at it from an objective view of how CPF has evolved over the past two decades, especially over the past decade and uh, where it is today, um, just remember that if you want to solve anything that's complex, money needs to come from somewhere, right? So where's the money coming from? If the state is throwing out some of these policies, some of these like, you know, essentially throwing out money for, for you to grab, right? Then can you grab, right? Can you use the system? Can you ride on it? I think we should really give it serious thought. But yeah, today we have some fun, okay? After a few episodes of very intense, you know, CPIHDB, all this kind of thing, you know, I am really just here today to have some fun and share with you some of the little facts that I've accumulated over time. And I'm sure there are other things that you will find interesting. You know, maybe one of the things that didn't make my top three list, okay? Because uh, my list, my rules, right? What's the guy? What's the guy on TikTok? My list, my rules. Oh my God, it's, he's damn funny, okay? To be, <laughs> to be excited. But okay, I'm not trying to go there. Huh? We must have some uh, depth of knowledge, right? Uh, so it's not pure opinion and pure fun. But yes, my list, my rules. Uh, for today's episode, I think we can go there. I think, and I would think one of the things, the honorary mention that didn't make the list would be essentially the whole like, your assets in CPF is considered a shared asset within a union. That means if you and your wife come together, you know, and after that you decide to you know, break off, right? Actually, it's considered a shared asset. So yeah, you can go through the kind of, you know, eco-sharing and all that <laughs> all that stuff. So yes, uh, so yes, don't think CPF, you know, no sharing, uh, there, there is that element there. So yes, CPF is considered part of your matrimonial asset. That's the technical term. So yeah, if you break up your spouse or husband, you know, you got to share, share, lah, huh? essentially that's the idea. So okay, after that honorary mention, which uh, I think... Probably that's not how honorary mentions should be done. They should be after point two or something. <laughs> I learning uh, my list, my rules need need some practice, right? So so the, my my very first point that I think is a little known fact about CPF, you know, that actually is very important is that CPF is not taxable. Okay? And this is a part that I am amazed a lot of people didn't know. CPF is not taxable. In other words, right, money that enters the CPF cannot be taxed. And when it comes out, it cannot be taxed either. And I think this is very important in deciding whether you want to top up CPF or you want to use the SRS, right? Supplementary Retirement Scheme, which I know I am not on time. <laughs> the SRS should be like, you know, December or something, go out on that kind of content, right? But okay, a lot of you are actually uh, putting up for taxes, now is the period. So SRS is Supplementary Retirement Scheme. Essentially, is a scheme built upon the idea that 
maybe some of us want to put more money for retirement and it's essentially a tax incentive scheme where what the government does is they allow you to open up this account called SRS with a few of the big banks, right? And then for all the details, you can check out the earlier episodes. We've definitely done something about SRS in the earlier episode, right? So, so that's that. Essentially, what the government does is it gives you uh, this access to open up this account. And when you top up this SRS account, you get some sort of a tax relief, right? To, to encourage you, like, essentially encourage you to put aside more money for retirement. That's the idea. But, okay, but, uh, very important, but when that money of yours in the SRS, after it invests for 10, 20, 30 years, when it exits the SRS account, okay, now you want to withdraw, it comes out, right? When you withdraw, it is considered part of your income for that year. In other words, if every year you make 120,000, okay, if every year you make 120,000, I know every time I use this as an example, I cannot flame. How many people made 120,000? Okay, I get it. I get it. But it's just for example. Okay, relax. Relax. Huh? So, <laughs> so, so you say, you know, in 20, 30 years time, you climb up to the echelon. You're part of the senior management. Maybe by then 10,000 a month is not considered a lot. Lah. But anyway, anyway, huh? you make $120,000 in that year. Okay, so that is your taxable income. And you withdraw 50000 from your SRS for that particular year. Your total tax, taxable income for the year is 170,000. Keep it simple, okay? 170,000. And so, in other words, you may actually move up a tax bracket when you remove money from SRS. You got to be a bit strategic there. But also at the same time, SRS essentially means when the money comes out, it is going through the income tax structure again. But when it's CPF, okay, when it's CPF, the money goes in, it is not subjected to any other kind of tax inside CPF. And when it comes out of CPS, it is not taxable also. That means when you take your CPF life payout, right, your government is not going to tax you for that. When you withdraw a lump sum when you're 55, and depending on how much lump sum you want to withdraw, okay, uh, when you withdraw the lump sum, you are also not taxed for that, right? So CPF money is not taxable. And I think this is an extremely important fact that I am amazed how many people don't know because that would inform some of your decision-making process, right? And, and some will say, oh, but you know CPF money cannot take out as and when you want. You are not wrong, right? That means you are right. Like, wow, use double negative, say. <laughs> going for that, huh? going for that. But anyway, anyway, right? So you are right, right? So maybe instead of taking everything in CPF top up or everything in SRS, maybe what you can do is, you know, whatever you calculate that you aga, that you think, okay, this I'm definitely not going to touch, it can go into CPF, right? And then the other things that I think maybe there's a chance that I will touch can be in SRS, right? So you see the both sides, right? But this is little known fact and it's very perplex why people don't know that CPF money is not taxable, okay? So this is fact number one. And now we go into fact number two, okay, which is also a very interesting fact that I am also quite amazed that a lot of people don't know. Maybe because interest rates has been low for a long, long time, okay? Fact number two is CPF interest rates are actually not fixed at 2.5% for ordinary account and 4% on your special account, Medisave account, retirement account. The reality is they are benchmarked against floating interest rates by the bank. And we'll talk a little bit more afterward from our sponsor. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. 
LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Okay, so CPF, Ordinary Account OA, is uh, broadly associated as 2.5% per annum interest rates, right? That's uh, pretty much the idea. And all the other accounts, yes, I will call them all the other accounts because it's so tiring to say special account, medisave account, retirement account. You know, they're all the other accounts are associated at 4% per annum interest, right? So, so that is how uh, a lot of us, when we think about CPF, you know, that's how we think about it. But actually, actually, ordinary account is legislated. La. The minimum is 2.5% per annum or the three-month average of major local banks' interest rates, whichever is higher, Okay, so that is the idea. In, in other words, it is really benchmarked against the local bank's interest rates, right? And if, it's, if the local bank's interest rates is very low, you know, which is like maybe for the past decade, right? Then 2.5% will be expected. And if going forward, which there looks like there is a chance as to how it plays out, I'm not very sure. But if the local bank's interest rates move up over the next decade, then CPF interest rates for OA may be higher than 2.5%. And fun fact, okay, one more thing that's very interesting is that HDB loans interest rates is 0.1% above OA's interest rates, which is why today is 2.6%. If the OA interest rates go up to somewhere like a 3%, in other words, HDB loans interest rates will move up to 3.1%. This is the structure. Now you, now you get it, right? Now, you know, <laughs> it's not that one. Suddenly, the you know, interest rates move up, uh, then you can kind of monetize out of this. No, 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 no. The government is so very smart. They know what you're thinking. They know what we are thinking, right? Whatever legislation, right? People on the ground will figure a way to kind of go around and manage this situation. So the idea here is, HDB loan rates are packed at 0.1% on top of CPF OA interest rates. And CPF OA interest rates is either 2.5% or the three-month average of the local bank's interest rates, whichever is higher. Ah, which is why you see all the mortgages, ah, all the recent, all the everybody that take the private bank loans recently. Wow. All the interest rates like sky high now, 4 point something percent, right? It's crazy. <clears throat> but your HDB loan is still the same. Why? Because the CPF OA amount never changed. And for all the other accounts, whether is it medical, special, retirement, we all associate with 4% per annum interest. But actually, that is the floor rate. Okay, so it is between 4% per annum or the 12-month average yield of the 10-year Singapore government securities plus 1%, whichever is higher. Okay, so a lot of people were queuing up for SSBs, right? Remember, there was a period of time it was oversubscribed, SSBs, SGS, you know, SGSS, you know, that, that whole discussion. Essentially, it is based upon the SGS plus 1%, right? So the 10-year SGS plus 1%, versus 4% interest rates, whichever is higher, will be your interest rates for all the other accounts, right? So that is the idea. 
In other words, okay, in other words, if inflation continues to stay high and somehow all the countries decide that they will continue to hold interest rates high for, you know, whatever reason to try to dampen inflation and it causes these kind of long-term government securities and all the local banks' interest rates to move higher, then your CPF returns will move along with it, right? So it's actually quite good why, if you think about it, right? So 2.5% and 4% is the base rate. In other words, the minimum, minimum, okay? And if the market environment continue to become crazier and crazier for loan instruments, then yeah, you know, your CPF rates will also move accordingly. It is not always flat. And I do believe that you and I, we can find a little bit of comfort in that idea, right? It is definitely not a random interest number that's being plugged out. You know, um, as much as I'm sure you're concerned about the high interest rates for a lot of your mortgages and also um, think cost of living getting crazier and crazier, those are all real concerns and I fully understand and appreciate it. Um, at the same time, I think, you know, as regular Singaporeans, we can find comfort in the idea that this structure is set up in this way, right? Where whatever we are getting now is the base rate. And if the interest rates environment continue to stay elevated and it reflects into the government securities and the bank's interest rates, then our CPF money will move along. In other words, we don't get eroded whereas our money is stuck, you know, inside um, the CPF, you know, or quote-unquote stuck. Like, I cannot say stuck, later I cannot pofma, huh? <laughs> but you get the idea, right? So I think I, I do find comfort in this and I hope you find comfort too, right? Because uh, like it or not, money is going to be there. It's going to stay there for 20, 30 years. And I know it's a big part of people's unhappiness with it because you cannot move around with the money, you know? So, so I, I get it. I get it. It is what it is. And uh, if you want to change this kind of structures, you must organize, right? I always believe you you want to change these structures. If you strongly believe and there's a need to change these structures, you must organize, right? Power in numbers. But at least when I look at it today, I think, okay, it is, it is fine, right? It is not too bad. It is updated enough for me to be like, okay, I think uh, more people can consider CPF in a more objective way to look at it as a means to support our retirement, support our our life, you know, essentially, I think there is a space for something like that CPF. And so this brings me to the third point, which is probably also another fun point. <laughs> the first two points, although I know it's a little known fair and I make it sound quite fun, but the idea here is it may influence how you make certain decisions. Okay, so, so the first two little known fair about CPF can influence how you make decisions. The fact, right, is, um, you know, maybe not so important can be part of the honorary mention, right? But the third interesting little known fact about CPF is that the extra interest rate that you earn on your ordinary account balances are actually paid into your special account or retirement account, okay? So, what does that mean, right? It means that sometimes you see um, extra 1%, right? You hear these kind of things, right? You look at CPF brochure, they're like up to 6%, up to 5%, extra 1% on the first 60,000 of a CPF member's combined balances. You see all that, right? 
So I will not go into hypothesizing on why they give an extra 1% here, give an extra 1% there, blah, 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 right? So that is a different discussion altogether. But sometimes you see this extra 1%. Okay, okay. Maybe you cannot say sometimes, okay? <laughs> sometimes, much I'm like, Shopee, 1, 1, 2, 2, 3, 3, 4, 4, right? No, 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 no. It is baked into the system. But you see this line, you know, as part of their marketing comms, uh, CPS marketing and comms, right? Essentially, they'll say like extra 1%, extra 1%. So here's the thing, the extra 1% that is given to your money inside your ordinary account is actually paid into your special account or your retirement account, depending on your age, lah, huh? So the idea here is why is it important? It's important because we all know that your special account, your retirement account, your medical account, all these three other other accounts are more narrowly defined in the way you can use them as compared to your ordinary account where you can essentially, you know, take out money to get a house, you know, loan it in the sense of like studies and, and all that stuff, right? So it's more varied in its use as compared to the other three, which is, you know, a lot more defined and a lot more narrow in, in the sense of what you can use. So yeah, the extra percentage actually goes into those accounts, right? Your special account or your retirement account, meaning you cannot use it to roll your mortgages. Lah, huh? And I was quite interested. I, I, I was like, eh, do people do that? Do people, you know, think about the extra 1% as part of their mortgage payment? I don't know. Do you do that? Do you do you think about it that way? But I, I hope you don't because if you are thinking about it, either you are really trying to game the system or it's really quite stretched. Like your mortgages are quite stretched, right? And I don't think that is the kind of mortgage levels that you should think of, right? Or that's not the loan levels that you should think of, right? So, so... um just an interesting fact and I hope that it is really just an interesting fact for you that the extra 1% actually doesn't go into your OA goes into your SA or your RA right but I really hope you do not use it as part of your broad financial structure to get a house to get a study and all that jazz right so yeah today's episode is a fun three-parter right just to essentially wrap up some of the different things that we've talked about in CPF over the past few weeks. And that will officially wrap up the CPF segment for a while. Uh, enough. Okay, enough about CPF. Cola, huh? cola. Okay, so the three points I'm going to sum up today. The first one is CPF money is not taxable. Okay, so that means when you withdraw money from CPF, you do not get taxed. And I think this is extremely important. You need to know this because this will then affect how you arrange some of your excess money. Of course, the stuff that were already going to CPF, you know, you kind of cannot control. But some of these other things like excess money that you may want to top up CPF or you want to do some SRS, you know, you need to know that CPF money is not taxable. And fun fact number two or little known fact number two is that your ordinary account interest rates and your other accounts interest rates, yes, I will call them other accounts. Cannot be like special medical retirement all the time. Okay, so other accounts interest rates are actually not fixed. It's not 2.5% and 4%, okay? That is a baseline, right? So they, those are mandate, those are floor interest rates, okay? If the broad interest rates environment, uh, whether it's the government securities move up a lot or, you know, the local bank's interest rates move up a lot, these rates will move along, okay? And then, by extension, affect the HDB loan rates. It is connected. Huh? So this is also a very interesting little known fact 
can affect some of your decisions and all that jazz. And this brings me to the third little known fact about CPF is that actually the extra interest you make on your ordinary account is paid into your special account and retirement account. You can actually use it to roll on your mortgages. Like, and I hope you do not do that, right? So these are three little known facts about CPF and I hope you learned something useful today. See ya! Hey, I hope you learned something useful today and truly appreciate that you took time off to better your life with the financial coconut. Knowledge is that much more part of an interesting way to share, debate and discuss. Join our community telegram group, sign up for our socials, follow us on TikTok. Yeah, we are trying to do TikTok. Yeah, you know, boomer on TikTok. Yeah, uh -huh. and sign up for our newsletter, everything. We're upgrading our website, we're developing programs. So all that jazz is coming. And thank you for supporting the Financial Coconut. We'll see you next week. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Okay, okay. Enough, enough. Our base, our base, uh, enough. Okay, susah already. Uh. Too much about CPF, uh, too much about HDB, CPF. Enough lah, uh, for four, four episodes rolling already. Uh. <laughs> so, yes, enough of all that. Over the next few episodes, I want to do a little bit different, right? So, over the next few episodes, to be honest, uh, to be honest, uh, I want to be very clear with all of you. I, I thank you for, for you for tuning in to the Financial Coconut every week and I thank you for tuning to my segment every week. Come on, we are coming to 200 episodes already. It's like, how many, you know, it's like, it's like coming four years. Oh my goodness, I've been doing this monologue shit for four years and you are still tuning in. It's still one of the best performing segments on the network. Oh my God. Uh, so thank you thank you for loving the podcast I love it but I've come to a position where I'm like what else you want me to say what else you want me to say I got a bit of existential crisis when it comes to this monologue thing right so please help me along tell me what you want to learn you know it does not need to always be about personal finance we can expand it a little bit you know because because my mantra is well my mantra is at the end of your journey with the financial coconut which is true you will end your journey with the financial coconut like it or not because we are not pure entertainment you come here, you learn something, you have fun. Eventually, you graduate from the content. So in this process, right, I hope you find the life you love while managing your finances well. So managing your finances well is only a vertical in the financial coconut mantra. So I also want to talk a little bit about finding the life you love, which I do. I sprinkle it from time to time, but I try to stick to personal finance. So help me along. I hope to reshape first dips a little bit, to expand a little bit towards defining things like what is a life that you can love and you know how to build a happy base you know like like your home base how many people realize that actually half the time you're escaping from your home and your life because you don't really enjoy it it's not a safe space for you some of these things i do want to touch them and if you feel like there are certain things that we can talk about come to our telegram group dm me talk to me on instagram whatever you right so uh as for the next few weeks episode give me some time i'm putting them together but I do think I will want to go into some of these spaces, go into some of these spaces and not just be on personal finance. Like at least the next two episodes, okay, I will jump out a little bit. 
And uh, let me know if you love it. If you love it, I will know because listen-through rates will be high <laughs> and listen numbers will be there. Right? But yeah, help me along. I really wonder where should first dips go. So let me know. <laughs>